Hello and welcome to PwC Canada's newest podcast, Finance in 15, a series that explores finance transformation and what it means for leaders in the finance function. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Finance in 15 podcast. Today, we have a very special episode with the launch of our mini-series, Women in Finance. My name is Elena Tennyson, and I am PwC Canada's Chief Financial Officer. I am so excited to be your host for the launch of our special series. So we're introducing this special series to broaden the conversations we've been having around building a finance function in the future. During these episodes, we'll explore leadership perspectives from finance leaders who are navigating an ever-changing business landscape. So for our launch episode, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vanessa Canoe, Chief Financial Officer of TELUS International. Vanessa is the 2021 Ottawa Business Journal and Board of Trade CFO of the Year and also holds the distinction of orchestrating the largest tech IPO in TSX history. So basically, Vanessa is the rock star of CFOs. Welcome, Vanessa. Thank you, Elena. That was very generous of you. Um, I am happy to be here. And uh, I actually want to congratulate you on your recent recognition as one of the 50 best executives as recognized uh, recently by the Global Mail's report on business. So congrats to you as well, Elena. All right. Well, thanks so much, uh, Vanessa. We're all having our uh, 15 minutes of fame here. So... (laughs) So, Vanessa, maybe you could start. Can you tell us just a bit more about yourself and your role at TELUS and maybe uh, maybe something that our listeners would be uh, surprised to know about you? So, TELUS International is a customer experience innovator that designs, builds, and delivers next-generation digital solutions. Uh, we serve more than 600 of the top uh, global brands, uh, many of the names uh, that you'll know. Google, uh, TELUS uh, Corporation, our, our parent company, Airbnb a lot um, of um, you know, well-known brands. Um, so I joined uh, TELUS International as Chief Financial Officer in September of 2020, uh, leading a global finance organization. And um, about a few months after I joined the organization, I helped along with many others um, with the, uh, the company's debut on uh, the New York Stock Exchange and the TSX, as, a, as you've already uh, just pointed out. And um, it's been a privilege, frankly. Uh, I was lucky enough to inherit a very, very strong team and making that transition from being a private, you know, uh, privately owned organization to a publicly owned and publicly reporting uh, entity. Prior to TELUS International, I also uh, was chief financial officer at another technology company, a multinational uh, technology company operating in about 90 different countries uh, called uh, Mitel uh, Networks uh, Corporation. And Vanessa, you and I, st- you, we both had similar experience starting our careers at PwC Canada, different times, but we never connected, but uh... Uh, had the same starting point. So is this is this where you thought your career would uh, take you once you finished university and started a career as a young accountant at PwC? I honestly loved my experience at PwC. It was a lot of fun. Uh, in my particular case, starting with PwC in Edmonton, you know, quite literally, you know, going from oil and gas clients to utilities to uh, later on uh, when I moved to Ottawa with PwC, you know, clients, you know, focused on the technology sector which is why I tended to focus more on the, on the, you know, the latter part of my, uh, my time at PwC. Did I think it was going to take me where I am today? I don't know that I knew that. I enjoyed my time. It was a good experience learning about different clients, learning how to problem solve, I think was probably the most important thing. I knew I wasn't going to stay to be partner. I knew I wanted to join industry. So I did leave and join industry. I, I wouldn't say I orchestrated my career to get to the CFO position, but I certainly wanted to continue to learn and grow and help to solve problems. And I think all of those things uh, combined with that early experience at PwC have helped to get me where I am today. Vanessa, you've had a wide variety of industry experience working with both public and private companies and private taking to public. So can you 
talk about your experiences, especially as a female finance leader in both of those areas, the, both the public sphere and the private? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they are two very different fields. So I think it's really sort of becoming more or less, you know, similar, both very challenging, very, very tough. You know, I've had the experience of working in a, in a private company and then going public. Uh, and then frankly, you know, in the case of Mitel, we went from private to public and then back to private. And then, of course, at Telus International, you know, going um, going public, both very demanding environments, though certainly the public company environment is very much more demanding just in terms of the level of scrutiny, all of the external reporting requirements, all of the investor relations uh, requirements. And, you know, as it pertains to uh, to women, you know, specifically, it becomes quite challenging. I, I would say I lost a number of my female colleagues, you know, particularly in a public company environment. Uh, the demands of the job can be quite stringent. And uh, I think companies today are making a much greater efforts to get a bit more work-life balance to acknowledge that to keep, you know, high-performing women, and frankly, women in general, they have to look at their policies. So that has been, you know, a bit of a, uh, an evolution, you know, throughout my, uh, my last couple of decades working in both private uh, and public institutions, and certainly something that is still a, a bit of a work in progress. And well, and I found I've been, uh, aside from being PwC's Canada's CFO, I'm also an audit partner. And I really have found, uh, as I've worked with my clients over the years, and I work mainly in financial services, I'm encountering many, many more female CFOs and finance leaders, which is great. So I think the finance profession uh, generally has been, uh, has been ahead of the curve on promoting women into leadership roles. And I was reading some of what, uh, in some of the articles that you had been interviewed on, and you talked about how the finance industry has changed, but you also talked about how the technology evolution that went alongside that, and specifically about how automation and how you were working to make sure that people who were really highly skilled weren't doing things like pushing data around and kind of that low value work. So can you talk a little bit about how you've been able to inspire your teams to embrace uh, automation in the in the finance field? It really is a journey. And um, certainly, I, I wouldn't even say that we're anywhere close to being where I aspire to be, and frankly, where many of our team members uh, aspire to be. But I mean, we were just having this conversation around replicating the audit file, uh, you and I, Alina, and, and that being the precursor. And now today, everything's done in the cloud. So in such a short time, the amount of change uh, in, in technology in adoption of technology has been pretty tremendous. And, and so there too, within the finance industry, so to speak, it's, it's, it's the exact same thing. And, and honestly, I continue to be inspired by our team members. Uh, you know, just to give you a, a fairly basic example, uh, we hired a, uh, a young finance director. He joined us about, you know, say maybe a year or so ago. And he came in and said, hey, you know, why don't we introduce this particular tool? And maybe I wouldn't say its name because I don't want to, you know, advertise or, or plug for any particular firm. But if you think about it, I remember even at Mitel as a public company, the process of doing the press releases, the, pro the process of, of, of getting the, uh, the 10Q together, the press releases, the table. 15 years ago, frankly, maybe even 10 years ago, maybe even eight years ago, we literally used to have someone sit there and tie out all the numbers. They would tie out all the numbers before the day that somebody pushes the filing button and the, the press release. If you have the, you know, a call to go through the press release the night before, and we change something, somebody would go back and tie out all those numbers. Today, we use a tool that does all that. Every single number in that press release is linked to the financial statements. We don't need a person sitting there literally tying out, ticking and bopping every number in that table to the number that's actually in the financial statements. 
So this was not a very expensive tool. It was, again, a team member uh, who brought that idea and, and it was implemented. But these are very small examples of ways that you can actually get a lot of productivity for your team. And, uh, you know, just think back to, you know, eight years ago when somebody had to do that job. Now, whoever that person would have been is now spending their time doing something that's a lot higher in value. We let the technology do what the technology can do. And we allow our team members to focus on using their, you know, their smarts, their intelligence, their, their analytical skills to help all of us move forward in a much more efficient fashion. And so that which leads me to the next point on, uh, you know, the profession and the world of finance uh, has certainly changed a lot since we both began our careers. And the pandemic especially has accelerated some of the key trends with remote work and digitization, which, of course, then in turn require new skills amongst finance professionals. But with today's talent shortages, and we're all experiencing it, it has been a real challenge to recruit and keep up with demands. So you've had a really interesting career in finance. You know, what would you say to young professionals who are thinking about pursuing a career in finance? I think for young people considering a, a, a career in finance, Think of finance as being the gateway to so many other things. Accounting is, frankly, a lot of fun, but if accounting is not your thing, it actually teaches you a lot of critical thinking skills. It teaches you a lot about business, and you can branch out from there at any point in your career, as some of us have and and others have as well. And and change will be constant, regardless of what industry you're in. So, you know, finance professionals, I think we all have to learn to be more agile and adaptable um, so that we can embrace that change uh, a uh, a lot more comfortably. I think resilience and tenacity are are also uh, pretty important, uh, particularly given everything that's happening around the world these days, you know, from geopolitical concerns to interest rates to so many other things. So having that resilience um, is, uh, you know, it certainly is another key attribute, I think, that will be required for uh, for success going forward. And, you know, I I think um, we just need to do a better job as well marketing the profession. We need to make sure that, uh, you know, young, young students really get the get a good sense of the breadth that is available to them uh, through a, a career in finance. And certainly, hopefully, Elena, podcasts like this, uh, I know it speaks to a, a lot of um, existing finance professionals, but hopefully it captures um, some students as well. And we might be able to uh, entice them to, uh, uh, to, to consider, uh, you know, joining us in the profession. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, fantastic opportunities here. It would be great if you could share with our listeners the top three pieces of leadership advice for their career journey in finance? Certainly, I think we are in a time when being a student and, and being an agile learner will be very important. So embracing those opportunities to learn, to grow, and to stretch yourself. Say yes to opportunities at work if it's going to help you to expand your knowledge base and expand your skill sets. Uh, if it's going to help you learn about the business, um, say yes. I mean, certainly that is something that I've tried to follow earlier in my career, uh, particularly at Vitel uh, and even at, at PwC as well, saying yes to certain things that were perhaps a little bit uncomfortable. I was certainly not the subject matter expert, but the willingness to learn and to be a student, I think um, certainly did help me. And I can see that it's helped many others who have taken a similar approach. Uh, I would also say, you know, surround yourself with some trusted advisors uh, who will support you through your career. I certainly have had some great informal mentors. I've, I've never been part of a formal mentorship program, uh, but I've always had a small number of informal people that have been great mentors to me that have helped to shape my career. Um, and uh, I would encourage um, you know, any listener to, uh, to pursue that as well. And then last but not least, be patient. You know, everything doesn't happen in a straight line. You know, it's, it's, it's the journey to um, the C-suite can take many, many different paths. And um, 
Uh, certainly things may not always go the way that uh, some people want it to go every single year. But as long as you're learning and you're growing, I think it's okay. So be agile, be adaptable, build up some resilience, work hard. And certainly I, I think, you know, uh, you'll continue to evolve. That, that's been my experience thus far. Okay. Yeah, no, that's great. Lots of uh, good advice in there. Uh, Closer to probably a top five, but uh, I think that'll be really valuable. And I'm going to throw out another one for our listeners as well, and especially some of our young people. As we start to come out of the pandemic, there's a, you know, to the extent you're comfortable and it's safe to do so, get out there and meet people in person, like go to meetings with business colleagues and develop some of those in-person relationships because there's so much learn. There's great work that can be done, you know, sitting at a, at behind a screen at home. And we've all learned that we can be much more, uh, there's a lot of efficiency to be gained there too, but there's also a lot of learning that will happen in person and, uh, you know, building up that business acumen. So this has been outstanding, Vanessa, and it's been so great speaking with you today. I know you and I haven't met in person yet, but I am going to, uh, next time, either I'm in Ottawa or you're in in Toronto, we are going to get together and I will definitely be uh, buying you some lunch. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing your experiences and lessons learned with us. I know how valuable it is to hear from women like you who have such strong leadership experience and deep expertise. So thank you for joining me. Uh, Please stay tuned for upcoming episodes in our special Women in Finance series with Marika Paul, CFO of Casta Depot et Placement, and Lisa Toe, Head of Financial Management and Performance at the Business Development Bank of Canada. Please also visit our PwC Canada website to listen to our Finance in 15 podcasts and to subscribe. At PwC Canada, we're a community of solvers, and we believe finance has an important role to play in helping organizations succeed. If you'd like to be part of our CFO community of solvers, please reach out to me to get involved. I hope you've enjoyed your first episode of our Women in Finance special series. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this series, so please be sure to subscribe, share, and leave us a rating and review. I'm Elena Tennyson, and this is your Women in Finance special series. This podcast has been prepared by PricewaterhouseCoopers, LLP, an Ontario limited liability partnership for general guidance on matters of interest only and does not constitute professional advice.